0: Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big podcast, your go to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amateur Whiskey Company. I'm your co host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined this season by. This is Jordan here. Jordan, are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter. I am Jordan Eggleston on Twitter at JWEggleston7. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Haven't asked for a while, so I guess I will. If you haven't done a five star review in a while for your your boys at the Eyes on Big podcast, you could do that. You know, you just kind of log in, give us a great review, send it on. Helps us out. So feel free to do that. Feel free to do that. We're we're we've been asked. Yeah, and if you
1: want to if you feel the need to leave a negative review, don't. So unless it's really funny.
0: Unless it's yeah. really funny. Yeah, if you make
1: us laugh, and that—that's different.
0: But <laughs> but but in all honesty, if, if you want to leave a negative re- review list, or do it with a five star, because if you, if, if you bring the star rating down, it doesn't help things out so much. Um, how you doing tonight, man? Thanks for doing this a little bit earlier when I got a little yeah. energy left in me.
1: Yeah, I I'm good. I'm ready to go. We got some we got some numbers to talk about here. We got some games yeah. to talk about
0: here. Yeah, we had I'm, some late, I'm, we had some late moves here that we had yeah, to kind of go through.
1: Still trying to wrap my head around some of them because there's still some things here that I just don't mm. know
0: how I feel about them. Mm. Can't wait to parse that out. Uh doing it a little bit earlier, which meant I got the kids home from school, uh, quickly got them fed, quickly broke up a fight. Uh then, then I came downstairs right away. And uh uh Jordan and I are gonna record. Fifty percent chance one of them comes down here crying and interrupts the podcast. We'll see how that goes. Um, Speaking of kids, it's going to be my oldest kids' first game in Kinnick Stadium this weekend. So pretty exciting stuff for me, me and the family. Yeah, that's a cool Um, moment. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I strategically picked a game that I hope is not a close game so that, you know, if, and when he wants to leave way earlier than I want to leave Kinnick, maybe it won't be something that absolutely tears me apart. Uh, If you all wish me luck on that, I would appreciate that. Um, Another thing to keep an eye on here too. uh, We got a little bit of a big 10 ACC challenge going on this weekend in, in, in the college football world. Kind of cool, right? I mean, I don't know if they really tried it, you know, to, to make so many of them happen like this, but it's going to be kind of something fun to track here, I think, this weekend.
1: Yeah. And if you follow anything on Twitter, apparently you are a complete idiot for thinking it's absolutely possible that the Big Ten could win this quote unquote ACC uh, Big Ten challenge. It's a, okay. It's completely a blasphemous to
0: even consider the idea. So you picked up on that, on oh, some God. of the fans just, and, and, um, Uh, By the way, the Big Ten's already up one to nothing. All right. Purdue already beat Virginia Tech. So we got a one game lead coming into this weekend, which, you know, I knew about, but somebody pointed out, which I thought was pretty good. I'm not saying the Big Ten goes four and two. I'm saying they could go four and two. And thinking that that's the case, I don't think makes me a crazy person. My whole thing was it could be as big of a slide of five to one to one and five either direction. But there were certainly some puffy, chesty people on Twitter that thought I was crazy for thinking that. There always is. The Keyboard Warriors unite. Yes. yes. Uh, but we'll see how I actually predict these as we go in, uh, because some of them are a little tight. Some are a little tight. All right. Um, let's get into it. We got 13 Big Ten games this weekend. A Baker's Dozen One on Friday, 12 on Saturday. All of these times are central. Uh, some of these games, Jordan and I made the commitment that we're going to go a little bit quicker through them. Uh, a little gift to you, the listener, probably. Um, hopefully, some of you don't feel shorted. And let's also see if we actually pull it off. We say that every week, and then we then we flap our gums. So I was we're, just going to say, we're, yeah. we we not to attempt to?" I mean, we start <laughs> to get word vomit when we start talking about
1: these things. That it just happens. So
0: all right, all right. Let's see what we got. Okay, one game. This Friday, September 15th, the 0-2 Virginia Cavaliers at the 2-0 Maryland Terrapins. This is a 6 o'clock p.m. game on FS1. Line Terps by 14 and a hook over under 48. Vegas is saying something like 31-17 to Terps. This is our first big ACC matchup. What do you got here, Jordan? These two teams have played quite a bit over the years. Maryland leads
1: the all-time series 44-32-2. Okay. Uh, their last matchup was in 2013, so a full decade ago, and the Terps oh. eked out a one point win, 27 26. Yeah. So good. Nice. That was a big 10 game.
0: 10 right, years right, ago. Right. Right. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, this a little bit of a regional rivalry here. You know, this, this possibly. Little ACC could, foes. Yeah. Little ACC foes could possibly have uh, some juice. Um, the issue, though, is. The Cavaliers, Cavaliers might be terrible. <laughs> they, they they might be a very bad football team.
1: Yeah, I th- I think it's that might be is an understatement. I don't think this team is very good. I mean, they rank right around the one hundred mark in the Sagarin ratings and all the metrics. They're they're bad. They're not they're not liked. I mean, losses to James Madison last week got killed by Tennessee.
0: And Tennessee is yeah not been looking fantastic themselves. So getting beat yeah they Tennessee were struggling with Austin P
1: last correct, week. So, correct correct.
0: Yeah freshman quarterback can't run the ball. And then you go into, you know, uh, the shell on Friday night. And, and I think it'll like, I remember when Iowa played in the shell, it was juiced, you know, that was a juice crowd. I don't know if it'll be quite as juiced, but maybe the, you know, the old ACC foe foes, you know, bring it out in them. I know locks. I think he circles these Friday night games as a chance to, you know, get the stats up and get people looking at the TV screen. Um, so here's my thoughts. Slow start last week. And, and then Maryland just absolutely, you know, ripped it up. So my thought process is they got the ugly bad start out last weekend, which you can kind of see week two when you got kind of a not so exciting opponent like like they had. So I don't think you'll see that this week. I flirted with this being my lock of the week right off of the bat. So to me, the one thing I'm looking for if I'm a terps fan is just. Can I keep the rushing attack looking good again? It caught fire in that second half. I want to see that, and then I want to see a clean Leah, okay? I don't want him getting sacked. I I don't want him throwing interceptions. Clean Leah is the the goal along with the rushing. I stole your notes again, didn't I? I swear you're reading my notes. I don't know how (laughs) you're doing this because I don't
1: even have it on my computer. It's all printed this time, so you can't even hack my computer. But you found a way again. Literally, I have written down, I want to see the offensive line own this game and
0: establish really? the running game.
1: Feed Roman <laughs> Hemby and keep Leah healthy. It's literally what I have written down. You took the words right out of my hey. mouth. Hey, I'm, great I'm with minds. You. Great
0: yep. minds. Great
1: minds. Okay, so one thing that I did find interesting about this Virginia team at quarterback is how fitting is it to have the quarterback of the Cavaliers be Tony Musket? just seems very fitting for the Cavaliers to have a
0: musket at quarterback. I didn't look that up. I just saw the stats and how old he was. That's fantastic. Well, they better hope he can fire a shot here Friday night, because I, I don't feel good about the Cavaliers' chances. What do you need multiple rounds. Hopefully it's not the old ball and powder musket, <laughs> or we're in trouble. I have got Maryland 38, Virginia Tech 14, so I've got over 52, as far as the the game total, my only question is, can Maryland score enough points to go over the game total essentially themselves? I I, I think they do. I almost made Maryland my Amador double barrel lock of the week. I, I expect Maryland to look sharp and get ahead early and often in this game Friday night.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty similar. I have Maryland 34, Virginia 17 for 51 total and a slight over. i have this a little bit closer, but I think with talking, I felt confident giving them that extra field goal to make sure they cover and get over that total. So I have Terps covering and going over the total.
0: I did have a higher total for Maryland at one point, but I do think Maryland is running the ball more, which shortens the, the game down a little bit more often these days. So that's where it got the number a little bit lower. All right. That moves us right into Saturday. We got 12 games on Saturday, September 16th. First one up. Let's start with a little big on big action. The 2-0, and number seventh ranked Penn State Nittany Lions at the 1-1 and Illinois fighting a Illini. This is an eleven o'clock a.m. game on Fox, better known as Big Noon Lions by fourteen and a hook over under forty eight point five. So Vegas is saying something like thirty one to seventeen. Nittany Lions, Penn State with a nation best nine straight game uh, of scoring thirty points or more coming into this football contest. Hmm. Well, I cool, did not know that. Well, that, for you?
1: that that makes me feel a little better about my scores that mm-hmm, I have written down mm-hmm, here. Yep. So, so this rivalry, Penn State leads all time twenty to six. Do you remember the last time these two teams played? Do you remember what game it was?
0: I believe it was the seven seven tuplet overtime game or whatever. Nine it was. overtimes
1: it was in
0: twenty twenty one. Nine for the
1: Illini. I got the twenty to eighteen win. In nine overtime, I think that
0: is astounding. I, I think I had the under in that game, and, and I kept <laughs> oh <my> saying like, <laughs> "I'm almost, I'm almost positive." I could check with my running mate, and I'm pretty sure I did. And I was dying laughing. Like, I, how often can you have an under bet with that many overtimes, or even more than two overtimes? Is that a bad beat? Is that a good win? I don't that's, even know that's a great, classify that. that. That's a great win. I. I don't think you deserve to win it for the over because right. you were, you were wrong from the get go thinking that game was going to go over. So all right, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a note stealer. You go ahead and get some out here before I before I steal them from you.
1: Let's 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 start with Illinois on the offensive side because that's where I think I really want to I really want to hit on because we we know we know the struggles that Illinois has had defensively that we're so disappointed with. So I'm going to go to the other side. And I'm going to look at the offense. I really need this offense to get something. Besides Lukey legs, we need something else. He's been good. He's done what he can do for this offense, but he needs some help. And I mentioned it on our post view last week. I really think it's Isaiah Williams. I think we need to find the way to get the ball in his hands more. I don't care if we have to hand it off to him, swing passes, whatever. I want to see him get seven to eight touches minimum in this game.
0: Yeah. Minimum. I think Kurt and every Illini fan would agree with you. Shoot, I think Brett Bielma agrees with you. I think they've been trying to get it in his hands. It just hasn't been working. Uh, one thing you you kind of, you know, uh, uh, popped in my head here is it would be interesting to see Lukey Legs with last year's team, you know, with the more established O-line and rushing attack. N- nothing against our guy Touchdown Tommy last year, but I think Luke is a step up. The, the issue is so much of it, is on Lukey legs right now. And that, I mean, it's, he's kept them in games and I would hope Illinois fans aren't upset anything with, with him because I feel like he's, he's kept them for being zero and two and being somewhat respectable, respectable in that Kansas game.
1: Oh, I think without him, they're zero and two and neither game is close. Correct. I think they, they blown out of both games without him. Yep. So I mean that that's my thought with the offense. The defense, I'm gonna say one thing and one thing only: this defensive line prided itself and has all this talk about being these elite guys, and they want to be NFL defensive linemen. This is a game for you to go out yes. and turn your season around and prove that you can be those NFL offensive or defensive linemen because that Penn State offensive line has got some NFL
0: dudes on it too. So go
1: out there and prove it and earn it. I want to see that. I want to see those guys try to control
0: this game. I think that's a phenomenal point as far as playing for the film. And and that's that's great. One thing I would add is there is some sort of a thought process of the type of offenses that Penn state, or excuse me, that uh, Illinois has gone against aren't a good matchup for what Brett Bielma and the defense typically wants to do, meaning a mobile dynamic quarterback, We have a very good quarterback in Drew Aller, but not that style of quarterback. This is my last lifeline that I can give to Illinois. Maybe in that defense, maybe that is what the difference is. They can pin their ears back and attack the quarterback and go at it. Switching to the other side, I don't know what much more we can say to about Penn State other than... I mean, they can't. They can't have looked any better. You, you can't expect them to look any better than they have these first two games. However, it's bad competition. Okay, and I, there, anybody that's followed this sport enough, uh, Minnesota comes to mind. Okay, last year, I don't know if you remember, but Minnesota was absolutely trucking everybody at the beginning of the year. Their their first games, like totals, was like. 120 to like nine or something like yeah, that they ran everybody out of the building yep literally. and then they played their first Big Ten competition and suddenly they didn't look so good now Penn State this year is better than Illinois last year okay so that's not where I'm going with it but could there be a little bit of oh okay this team is human after all playing on the road with some experience, you know, experienced Illini team. I might be grasping for straws here, but I, that's something I guess that I would look for earlier in this game. Does, does it just look like Penn State is actually getting challenged a little bit?
1: Well, yeah. And you can say whatever you want about this Illinois team and what they've been to start this season, but you're right. This is a step up in competition from West Virginia. Yes. And definitely from what they faced last week. This, no matter what this defense has looked like, it's a step up. And the bigger thing for me is this is their first road game. So they're going on the road yep. in the play. Difference. Yep. So I mean, what's 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 your quarterback? You know, this young phenom. This is yep. first taste with you know being the guy on the road and the center of attention where everybody's now it's him on the road. So is there butterflies? Is he a little skittish? Does the crowd get him a little bit? We'll see. But I do think that this this Penn State team is
0: they're good, supremely talented. Yeah. So. Um you brought up good points i the only thing i would say is drew allard did play on the road in a pretty hostile environment at purdue last year a little bit different he got thrust into it so maybe you know easy to come in and be the backup it's hard to be the guy i do agree with that i do think there's something to that here's the issue though i don't know where illinois even has a stalemate on this sheet of mine everywhere i look looks like you know, not you're just right. not just an advantage for Penn State, but like it could be a marked marked advantage for Penn State. So I just, I at some point you have to trust what you see. I don't think it'll pop like this. I think it'll eventually get to this score. I've got Penn State thirty, Illinois ten. I am predicting a slow, grinding first half or most of the first half. Penn State eventually breaks away and Illinois in that struggling offense just can't ever put anything together so I got a Penn State cover and under at 40 points
1: yeah I got I got a little bit differently but in the same kind of vein I think Penn State I have Penn State 35 but I don't want to get into 20 I mm. do see some kind of something i mean beatles gotta get something going in this offense so okay. i feel like there's gonna be some trickery there's gonna be something in this offense to try to hit a few explosive plays maybe they're even early in the game and Illinois one has a little lead but they just can't sustain it so i have 35 20 for the aligner that's 55 so i'm comfortably over and illinois or uh, penn state barely covers that line wow. we're quite a bit different on that yeah i I don't see
0: 20 points for Illinois, but we
1: will see. I just right. think that they've got to do something, and they know they've got to do something, so you're going to see all the tricks coming out of the bag in this game.
0: Go, okay. Fair enough. All right, sticking in the early time slot, the 2-0 and Louisville Cardinals versus the 1-1 Indiana Hoosiers. I say versus because this game is at Lucas Oil Stadium. 11 o'clock a.m. game on BTN line cards by 10, over under 50 Point five, so Vegas is saying something like thirty-one to twenty-one. Louisville, Jeff Brom, like Tom, back in the Big Ten for one game. Can't say I miss the guy, Jordan. Uh, and how crazy is it? It's against his old rival, old rival. Kind of, kind of fun little stuff with this game.
1: Yeah, that you know, that's a always a nice little twist when a former coach comes back, but then it's a former rival coach comes yeah. back, and it wasn't yeah. like four or five years ago literally last year they saw this so uh the hoosiers do own the series lead in this two nothing the cardinals so they've only played this will only be the third time 1985 and 1986 for the last time they played in 86
0: iu 121 nothing so it's been a while long ways back in time good on you hoosiers the hoosiers were kind of running you know right about the mid late 80s so that's that's interesting Uh, This is our second big versus ACC challenge uh, type of games here. Um, Starting out with Louisville, uh, Jack Plummer. um, Been pretty good, you know, Uh, some touchdowns, got some picks, okay? To me, it feels like another Brom-like Tom quarterback where he's just chewing his ass, you know, on every single thing he does. So you get some good, you get some bad out of him. Uh, Running back, Jawar Jordan, he's pretty good. 16 and a half yard average on, on, uh, 14 carries. Um, and another thing I just thought I I would point out in this game. Okay. Keeping on the Brom, like Tom angle here, he's put some numbers up on Tommy Allen at his time. Okay. 31 points, 28 points, 44 points, 44 points, 30 points. So 35.4, uh, point, per game average that brahm has had Now i know he's you know this is louisville that was at purdue i just think it's something worth worth mentioning one would think this would be a louisville team that's going to come in try to score some points
1: yeah i'm the, the biggest thing that i saw with this Louisville offense is they got they got some pass catchers they have seven different guys who pass catchers who are averaging over 10 yards per catch right now yeah so that's up anybody, all of us Big Ten fans know, Brown like Tom, I mean, he finds a way to scheme open offense. He just – That he does. he he's a, he's a mad scientist when it comes to that stuff. So really trying to control this passing game. You know, Jack Plummer has the familiarity coming into Louisville being from Purdue when Brown was there. So they that was why that whole transfer happened when he yep. came into Louisville. But yep. I, I think this is without a doubt in my mind the best defense that this Louisville team has seen this year, absolutely, and and I think it might be the best Indiana defense that Brown like Tom has seen in his I, time, excluding maybe the COVID year, maybe you know that they didn't play, but they didn't play the
0: COVID year. That's that's
1: why oh, they didn't play that yes. year, right? So yes. yeah, I think this, yeah, yep. so I think Tommy A is going to take this personally. I agree. And I think you could see this defense really play with their, Like we talked about them, what do you do against Ohio State? You blitz, blitz, but I think you might even see another level of yeah. that
0: in this game. And I, I Hey, you're, you're still notes too. So good job on yes! you right there. That yes! was, that
1: was probably more, more always obvious. been my goal is to get you at least once.
0: Oh yeah. You'll give me a couple more times. Like I said, I predicted off the podcast. We're going to have a lot of similarities here. Um, here's what I would say is uh, we finally get to learn who Indiana is this week. First week you go against college That's football story. playoff. Second week you go against college football poverty, right? <laughs> so now we got somebody in the middle so we can see what Indiana looks like. I have faith already with the Indiana defense. It's the Indiana offense that I'm going to be excited to see. Is it going to be Jalen Lucas, Josh Henderson? Like, can they run the ball? And if they do, how does it look like? I think it'll be mostly Taven Jackson. Maybe Sorsby plays a little bit. But if it's Taven Jackson, which I expect, how does he look? Those are the questions that I'll be stoked to figure out when this game kicks off. I really, really hope. It's Taven Jackson because I think your ceiling
1: is higher with him because yeah. of the athlete in him. If you keep him in this game and you let him be the guy, kind of like what we're seeing with Rutgers and Gavin Wimsett. Yes. Yes. Let him be the athlete. Use his legs. Use what he's best at. You don't have you don't have to be a team that throws it 35, 40 times. You yep. don't have to be. Yep. A good dynamic running game and a quarterback that can mix it up is just as good, if not better. So yeah, I want to see more Taven Jackson. I want to
0: see a lot less of Soresby in this game. Okay, so I tell you what, um, this game is tough for me. Um, the first time, I, I I've gone back and forth with this. Okay, um, there is I, there there is certainly a scenario where I see Indiana winning this game, and we know how that's going to look. It's going to be a mucked up game, probably a game that they force some turnovers and do something with those turnovers. Maybe a pick Chaos. six. What? Yes, and I don't know if you remember, but it wasn't that long ago. When uh, uh, crazy Tommy Allen defenses were doing that a lot. That was what they were making their, their, you know, gains off of if we see that game on. Okay. But I just am nervous for that Indiana offense. Okay. I don't think this is a great Louisville defense. I am just nervous. There's going to be enough points for them to win the game even closer. If there's going to be enough points for them to stay within. So I've got this really, really close. I've got Louisville twenty eight. Indiana 17 so that is a one point cover for the cards don't like this one at all and at 45 points I have it going under but I'll be honest with you I don't love the under either
1: yeah I'm I'm, I'm similar there I have so I have Louisville 27 (laughs) and I give Indiana a little bit more credit with 21 okay so I have Indiana covering I do have the Cardinals winning and I'm with you on the under but Again, yeah. if that chaos theory comes into play here, you could have points of plenty. Two pick sixes in this game, and it goes way
0: haywire. I, I agree. I do think the chaos factor would be what would push it over. Just hard for me to see Indiana consistently move in scoring ports, but that is going to be a fun one to check out. Okay, our last game here uh, in the morning for the early games, the Georgia State, the excuse me, the 2-0 and Georgia Southern Eagles at the one and one Wisconsin Badgers 11 a.m. game on BTN line, Badgers by a healthy 19 over under 64.5 wins. Wisconsin ever been a part of a game with a 60 plus game total? Just got to point that out right there. Uh So Vegas is saying something like 41 to 21, 42 to 21, 20 or 23 type of game. Lots of points.
1: Yeah, that it's it's gross. It's gross to see Wisconsin with just that many points. Doesn't personal. feel right. Uh, and this will be the first matchup these two teams. They've never played each other. So the the fighting Clay Helton's former yes. USC coach coming up to Madison. I, I the one thing at USC he could just never seem to get it going. But then he came into Georgia Southern. All of a sudden, this team yeah. is date. You know, you have it. That's the
0: fun belt they're competitive in the they Sun Belt. They're
1: one of the better teams down there.
0: There's something. I mean, I I don't know the science behind it, but the fit of a coach uh, on the environment that he's in, he just he just fits better. He was the, the way not he looked for Southern California. <laughs> at, at all. Absolutely not. It and it th- they've been kind of a fun team to follow. I mean, wasn't fun for Nebraska fans last year, obviously when he came into Lincoln and 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 got out there with the W the same quarterback. I believe Boy, that they're going to love but,
1: you for bringing that up. They're yeah. Sorry about
0: you. that. I, it just popped in my head. I don't even have it on my notes. Um, but Davis Brin, I believe was the same quarterback last year, uh, for Georgia Southern, the dude can move the ball. He can spin it. He can move it around. Um, and he's going right, They're averaging 42 points a game right now. There's scoring yep. points. That's why they, this
1: total is where it's at.
0: And they've played, you know, not so great teams so far this year, but you know, they've done what they're supposed to do in those games. Um, and now they're playing a Wisconsin defense, Jordan. That doesn't you know, know what it is. Okay, there, you, you 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 usurped me there. It it does not know what it is right now. I've read a couple articles. You know, I've listened to a couple Badger podcasts. The, the The underlying theme is, what are we on defense? Okay, and and if I can actually build on that real quick, they're not forcing turnovers. They haven't had a. They haven't forced a turnover yet this year. Um, last time they haven't forced a turnover for the first two games since 2012, I believe, is what the stat is. Wow. And here's what I think about that. There's two ways you force turnovers. Number one is if you just have immense talent. OK, that's that's one way to just, you know, have the advantage to force turnovers. The other way of doing it is having good players that are comfortable with the system so that you have a corner and a linebacker jumping it because they he trusts his, his teammates behind him to cover up for him in case he misses I don't think we have that with Wisconsin right now. We have eh talent, not bad, just not great, along with a new system that they're not comfortable with, and that's what you are seeing right now. Just a meh defense for the Badgers.
1: Yep, I I couldn't agree more. You took the words right out of my mouth. I don't. I mean, Wisconsin offensively, we need to just trust what you know, and defensively try to try to find your identity because you're going to need it. We said this this Georgia Southern offense can score points. I mean, 467 yards a game, whether it's bad yep. teams or not, has a lot of yards to put up. So, and some of the times they're going to
0: get tested. And sometimes with those games, what chokes down the points on the yards is because they were up so big. They, you could tell they just they just shut yeah. it down. You they're know, so, the clock, right? yep, 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 absolutely.
1: No, nope. so I, I mean, I look at this game, 64 and a half. That's a lot of points. A lot of points. A lot of points, especially a Wisconsin game. But I got Badgers 38, Georgia Southern 20. So just slightly under, or uh, quite a ways under the total, but the Badgers just missed their cover as well at 18 points. So I'll take Georgia Southern
0: plus the points, and I like the under. Okay. All right. Um, Do like the under in this. reason why, or at least one of the reasons why, is I got to think they're going to try to get back to rushing the ball. When you You have have, to, it's it's your best pieces. When you have Braylon Allen and Shayle, we you have got to get them more than seven carries, nine. That I think that's what Braylon Allen had. So you know they are going to try to rectify that. Now they're still going to try to throw the ball. I still think it'll look sloggy. I think they'll wind up getting points on the board a little bit later but not enough to cover and not enough to go over. So I got pretty close to you, Wisconsin 37. I got a little bit more points for Georgia Southern at 23. So that's a somewhat easy Georgia Southern cover, but even at 60 points, that's still four and a half points under the game total.
1: It's a lot of points.
0: A lot of points, a lot of points, especially for, I don't know, maybe it's just... It's, it's still old stuff, but Wisconsin, 11 o'clock You just game. feel gross saying gotta, over 64 and a half with Wisconsin. I completely I, understand. I got to see a 11 o'clock kickoff game in Madison go over 64 points. The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amateur Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel agent technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail amador is the perfect go to this fall on game day amador whiskey company born in kentucky raised in california moving on into the afternoon the one and one northwestern wildcats going on the road to take on the number 21 ranked 2 and 0 duke blue devils this is a 2:30 p.m. game on the acc network line duke by 18 and a half over under 48.5 so vegas is saying something like 33 to 14 Blue Devils, this is our third big on ACC Challenge game. What do you got here, Jordan? So the Blue
1: Devils lead the all-time series 12 to 10, including last year's victory, 31-23. These teams have played seven times really? since 2015. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've kind of been playing they, quite a bit. They, yep. it's, really, it's it's, literally become the annual Nerd Bowl. Like, yeah. it's just... Yep. <laughs> then they got together and said, us, you're, us nerds, you well, know, we, we do. And, yep. We're gonna play together, so, um, hmm. Man, yeah. I Northwestern, know. it's like okay, we come off of the high of the high last week, and now we have to play a Duke team that looks pretty damn good,
0: really good. Yeah, I mean, they took the whole world by storm. I think it was that it was a Sunday night game, right? The opening weekend, that's why everybody yeah. was watching that game. Uh, no, that the was Bar- the that was the
1: Monday night. Was the that the Day Monday game? night game? That was, yeah, the, Labor that was the last game.
0: game of the week. Okay, beat the brakes off of Clemson. Now, I gotta say, Clemson not looking great. They 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 they, they you know kind of sputtered last weekend against lesser competition as well. Uh but Duke looked good again, and I don't even think they had their A game last weekend as well. Second game at home. Quarterback Riley Leonard, not exactly like necessarily tearing it up, but doing what he needs to do. Now he's both on the ground and through the air, so he can do that. They got two running backs that can carry the ball. It's a well-coached team. This could be a nine-win Duke team, okay? Like, and Oh, as I was Okay. As I was breaking this down, that's what I was picturing in my head. This is probably an eight-win team, if not a nine-win uh, Duke team in a tough ACC, okay? The ACC is looking a little bit better this year. And then you look at Northwestern. I mean, couldn't have looked worse uh, in the first week versus Rutgers. Got to give some Rutgers some credit for that. Uh shocked the heck out of me last weekend so I gotta say Uh, I was shocked everybody they did and I'm a little shook myself uh because like am I am I supposed to look at Northwestern a little bit different was there was there something that they found offensively and defensively last week uh if they did my guess is we'll know somewhat early in this game if they're if they can pull it off and look good two weeks in a row
1: yeah, so when I rewatched the Northwestern game, yes, you heard that right. I rewatched yep. it. Nice. I, I put myself through that. <laughs> the one thing I saw that was positive, that like I felt really good about, it seemed like their defensive line was living in the backfield. They got yes. good push on almost every play. Now, again, we have to look and see: is that the competition, or is that just Northwestern's defensive line being good? Because that's a spot where if you can be stout. You can take a game like this with a Duke team that is physical yep. and you can make this a much closer game. You can muck it up if your defensive line can get that push. So I'm interested to see if that Duke, that Northwestern yep. front can can get some push.
0: I agree. Uh the front seven, the whole front seven looked better. The linebackers were flowing better. The other thing, Cam Porter looked good too, running back Cam Porter. Uh, ben Bryant looked looked better as well, but I think a lot of it came off of the the running game. We'll see. I just um Tough little spot here, I think, for Northwestern. I almost wonder if, like, there was a release, like, okay, we got a, a win. You know, I don't know if that's the case. I think Duke's going to be ready for Northwestern. I don't think they're going to run away with it. I think Northwestern will acquit themselves pretty well. So I've got Duke thirty. So I'm I'm expecting a nice uh, showing again for Northwestern's front seven. Duke thirty. Northwestern 13 at 43 points. That's under. And I just got a Northwestern cover in this game.
1: So I have Duke 31, <laughs> Northwestern 13 <laughs> for 44. And now that that line has moved a little bit, I do have that does make it a Duke cover by that hook because I have an 18 point difference, 18 yeah. and a half. Duke just barely covers, and I'm pretty comfortable on the under two. I agree with what you said. I
0: just think that this Duke team is pretty good. Okay. Pretty crazy. Between Kurt and D S and I, I we're only three weeks into this, and I feel like we've had like either we've I mean we've had one exactly the same score that we predicted. I don't know if I've ever had that. And we're getting close a lot with these. I I told you we would have some of these. It's it's the gambling degenerates in us. So maybe it is. It. that could be, you know what? That oh, could be well, what hey, does. one other thing. To yep, yep. One other
1: thing for Big Ten fans to keep an eye on here, especially yep. maybe our friends in East Lansing. Could this maybe be future Michigan State head coach Mike Oko? Just Ooh, Maybe okay. keep an eye on this game. Mike Oko's a hot name
0: out there with all the Tuck stuff going on up in East Lansing. <laughs> I like that angle. All right, sticking in the afternoon, the 1-1 one and one Western Michigan Broncos at the 2-0, and oh, number 25-ranked Iowa Hawkeyes. This is a 2.30 p.m. game. On Big Ten Network line, Hawks by twenty-eight and a hook over under forty-two point five. So Vegas is saying something like thirty-six to seven. Hawkeyes, what do you
1: got? I don't. I'm curious if you know this or not, but the Western Michigan Michigan Broncos own the series lead yeah. over the Iowa Hawkeyes. Is it one nothing? Two to one. Two to one. Yeah. So right. the Hawks did win the last meeting, fifty-nine to three in two thousand thirteen, but in t- 2007
0: and yeah. in 2000 the ponies got you yeah well unfortunately i was a part of the 2001 so we don't have to talk about that too much <laughs> that's that's officially that's officially ancient history now uh the broncos uh coming out of the mac uh they beat the saint francis red flash I had to look that one up and they got absolutely depanced uh 48 to 7 last week by syracuse their strength of their team is at the running back that's not a good sign uh what you want coming it's into not what you
1: want to know. No. Yeah. Playing.
0: You you want a, a accurate quarterback that just kind of goes in. And I don't know if I see that one of the games we decided to not spend a ton of time on, we can kind of move through this one quickly, but okay. I am the, the noise you're going to be hearing in a little bit is by is the laughter from our listeners, maybe even laughter from you, Jordan, but here I go. I think Iowa is actually a, a passing team right now and moving into the year okay i saw there was something a collective gasp among yeah, the universe there or maybe it was just a gasp more than anything so lean into that that is what i'm asking for here is is lean into it and just let cade and the receivers and the tight ends get on the same page they were oh so close a couple times last week versus iowa state I would like to see, and Cade has finally practiced all week long. He said this week, along with other things he said. <laughs> oh, on, yeah, week. we don't need to go there. <laughs> no, we've got enough Just... coming stuff. We don't need to add that. Um, it, he, it's his first week practicing fully with the team before the game. That's crazy. I know fans don't think that's anything. It's something. Oh, it's, to work for it's, a a, it's a huge deal. So along with the two game time experiences. So that is what I'm looking for. Can I would just like actually go out, do what they do on defense. I got no doubts on the defense. By the way, we get cornerback Cory Harris back this week. That's cool. Throw the ball. Now that I say that out loud, Kirk Ferentz will probably say, no, we aren't going to win games this year unless we get the rushing attack, you know, going. So he'll probably do exactly the reverse and do whatever he can to get the rushing attack going, which I'll be fine with as well. I just think maybe you can actually start out throwing the ball and then work in the rushing attack. Anyways. Craziness, I know, but there I go.
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a theory, but again, that kind of makes me feel all yucky and icky. Like the Wisconsin sixty-four points, I I was a passing offense. Kind of makes me feel gross, but maybe that's what you need. Maybe that's the change. We've seen Cade throw the ball around. We know he can do it. So there's no doubt in it there. And if the offensive line is struggling to run the ball still, maybe that's a way to mitigate it. We'll see. Yep. One thing I will say, Western Michigan, they like to play super super fast. And one thing that happens with fast teams when they're not very good and they play good defenses, they make a lot of mistakes and they force turnovers. And maybe people aren't aware, but the Iowa defense has a tendency to force few turnovers yeah. in the recent history. And, so
0: and if that kind this, of plays into what I have here. Yeah, and and if this does go over, because uh, I don't like the under in this one as much as, as uh, uh, a, a lot of people do. You know, Iowa under lock, I get it. If it does go over, it's either a pick six or a pick give the offense a short side of the field, which is probably something I could see, but I do have to see this point explosion and a cover to actually predict it. So I've got Iowa 35, Western Michigan 10. So that is a Western Michigan cover and at 45 points, I actually, I, yep, I have that going over. So I have
1: Iowa 34, Western Michigan three. I just don't see this Western offense doing a whole lot against an Iowa defense so total 37 that's comfortably under and I have the Hawks covering
0: all right sticking in the afternoon the one and one Virginia Tech Hokies at the two and zero oh, resurgent Rutgers Scarlet Knights 230 p.m game on BTN line Rutgers by seven over under lowest of the weekend 39.5 so Vegas is saying something like a 23 to 16 17 type of Rutgers win this is our fourth big on ACC challenge game. What are we looking at here in this one, Jordan?
1: So the Hokies own the all-time series lead 12 to 3, and that is including the last 12 in a row. Wow. The last time Rutgers won this game was 1992.
0: So Jordan, yeah, that's a good one. Good one. That's there.
1: there there's yeah. some, and there's obviously on the line.
0: Obviously, baked into that cake is how dominant vatech was. For, oh yeah, you know, back years and years days, under Beamer. Yeah. So wow, isn't it crazy? It almost seems like it's forever ago. You know that the Beamer ball it was just wrecking souls. Those um, teams ho- are definitely long gone. <laughs> long gone. Long gone. hookies are one and one. Their win against Old Dominion. Their loss versus Purdue. It was a quote unquote. Close loss, but Purdue should have beat him by more. Would have beat him by more if there wasn't some motherly nature uh, interference there. Quarterback Grant Wells is—he's okay, you know. Um, He makes eh. uh, he makes some mistakes. Fifty-three percent completion percentage, five touchdowns, but two picks. Virginia Tech can't run the ball at all, and now they're coming in to take on a Rutgers defense. Folks, check it out. This is a good Rutgers defense. One hundred percent. I mean,
1: and I think it's going to look even better in this game, because like you said, last week against Purdue, they could not run the ball at all. I mean, Malachi Thomas, six carries for 18 yards was the that was it. That was their entire rushing attack. I don't see them running the ball at all in this Rutgers defense, not even in the least bit. So it all falls on Grant Wells. And then, like you said, he's okay. But do I think Grant Wells is going to go out and beat
0: a good defense? I don't know if I like that so much. No, I don't either. I so, think he's going I, I to make some mistakes. Um, and dude, I don't. I I watched that Rutgers Temple game. Honestly, I I enjoyed the hell out of watching that game. That was a fun game to watch. I don't know if it was like the black uniforms for Rutgers, but they just look like a swarm coming at the ball all the time. And then another shout out to the fun guy Kyle Manungai. Love watching that guy run the ball. Folks, I'm telling you, this is a fun Rutgers team to watch, especially with Winsett developing. Okay. The only it might issue... be more
1: fun to watch him in pass pro too, because that dude has
0: taken on some blitzy he, linebackers. Dude, he's well, a muscle. Dude, he's really. a muscle hamster, man. I love why, like he might be my favorite non Hawkeye big 10 player to watch so far earlier in the season. The only issue is the, the O-line and the O-line was already struggling And then it had injuries on top of it. So they went from thin to thinner. They've got guys working in that I don't have a ton of confidence with. So that played into my prediction, which is Rutgers 21, Vatek 13. So I've got a Rutgers ever so close cover at 34 points. And even at the 39.5 total, I have it going under. Jordan's already smiling at me here. Well, History has repeated itself because I have
1: Rutgers 21, Vodtech 13 for the exact exact same score that you have for 34 points. We are not trying to do
0: this. This is just happening.
1: and uh, now I wasn't gonna play this game, but now I think I'm gonna play this game when it yep. comes down to it. Cause it just it just feels so right. It feels I so feel good. really confident. And I don't think this Virginia Tech team is gonna score a lot. I don't think Rutgers has to score a lot in transverse. I think mean, yeah. mean, I think if you get to 20,
0: 21 points, you win this game easily. I really do. And and my guess is it would be like 21 to six, you know, deep into the game. And Vatek gets a late score, but Shiano will sit on it and not let Wimsett oh, make yes. the mistake to you know to do it. So I think Vatek's gonna have to earn it. It's, I just feel like it's gonna be tough. All right, He's moving more in, than okay with that. More than okay with that. Moving into the just a little bit later in the afternoon, the two and 0 Western Kentucky Hilltoppers at the two-0 number six ranked Ohio State Buckeyes three o'clock PM game on Fox line. Buckeyes by 29 over under 64. So Vegas is saying 45 to 17 shout out to my co-worker jd who's a proud hilltopper what do you have in this game
1: first time these two teams have met up surprisingly i figured kind of yeah. the regionality of it they would have played more but they have never played before at least as far as i can tell so i mean let's 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 go right into the hot point of this whole game the the buckeye offense okay um Kyle mccord is a quarterback now that's official Ryan Day has named it. Yep. So so now there's no more talk, right? Now it's this offense is what it is. So now I want to see this offense become what it needs to be. And I'm not talking about the offense that needs to throw it 45 times a game. I'm talking about that nice, well-balanced offense where you trust your running backs and believe in the quarterback that you picked. Because you picked this guy. He has to be your guy. Yep. So you have to put your offense in and believe in him. He's talented. We know that. Yeah. I think more of this offensive issue is Ryan day versus the players. I think he is really mentally struggling with the idea of trusting the guy that he picked and leaning on a running
0: game because it's just yeah. so not in his DNA.
1: He's always been that guy that wants to chuck it
0: around the yard. Okay. I, I guess I would just say it a little bit different. Um, I don't think it's so much him trusting or not trusting his players as it is. He, it just makes him squeamish to to have more of a mix 50-50 mix or rely more on the rushing attack I think the players are have the ability to do exactly that will he give them the chance to do it that's a great question the other question I had is this defense three sacks versus in, through the first two games the D, det- and they've all come from the defensive tackles and the linebackers where are those defensive ends that we heard all about It's got to start, and it's got to start now. Why? Because you're going against a Western Kentucky team that's always the same Western Kentucky team, which is they chuck the ball around all over the place. So there's going to be a shitload of chances to get at the quarterback. Yes, they'll get the ball out quick as much as they can, but they're going to try to to hit stuff down the field. Uh, Austin Reed, 589 yards, six touchdowns, no picks. Malachi Corley, if you want a receiver, parents name your kid Malachi. Apparently that is what of the, Apparently best that's we- the name. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. the name. So they're going to, they're going to try to get some, right. And this could be backdoor covers stuff you know, like they're going to keep trying to throw the ball, get at the quarterback Ohio state. I think they will. For the most part, I think the offense will look a little bit better for the most part. I just don't think I see enough here to pull away to get past that 29 points so I got Ohio State 42 Western Kentucky 24 with a garbage garbage time touchdown to get the cover and at 66 points I have it just going over
1: so uh, yeah Um. The, the other thing I'll say about the defense is the number one thing that struggled for Ohio State defensively last year their corners just gave up all kinds of big plays so we'll be interested with a team that wants to throw it a yep. lot. We'll see if those, cor- those corners have looked much better. That's there. You haven't seen the leakiness that we saw. This would be agree. a good test. And the other thing I worry about a little bit, that game next week is a monster of a game. We'll a little look ahead for them. We'll look Are ahead. they looking ahead yep. a little bit too much? And this game, early on, Western Kentucky gets a little bit on them. They write the ship, come back. So with that, I have Ohio State 45, Western Kentucky 20. I could see... 14 of those 20 being very early in the game and then the defense kind of locks back in gets back in a group and puts it away so with that
0: I had a total of 65 so that's barely over but not Oof. quite covering all right the next game up a little bit later in the afternoon four o'clock p.m on Peacock yeah two and0 number eight Washington huskies at the 2 and0 Michigan State Spartans line huskies by 16 over under 55.5. So Vegas is saying something like 37 to 20 Huskies. The Tuck not coming to the game and won't be anytime soon. Um, I had to look up, I had to get a little help from our guy Dougie here before we get into the series. So I didn't quite understand, like, what's going on here as far as the the coaching and the coaching situation. So Harlan Barnett, who is the secondary, you know, D-back, coach not the defensive coordinator he is essentially the acting head coach but that leaves an open spot so D'Antonio comes in I thought it would just make sense to slide D'Antonio into an essentially acting head coach little bit of kind of awkwardness there rolling out D'Antonio as the face of the program so they're gonna let Barnett be the face of the program with D'Antonio the old the old snake oil salesman whispering into his ear and helping him out a little bit um, and listen, we are all guilty of seeing things through rose-colored glasses, in this case, green-colored glasses for Dougie. He swears, and I don't think it's conspiracy theory stuff, that getting Tucker out of there is actually having a breath of fresh air feeling on Michigan State. So hmm. if that's the case, we what will we see on Saturday evening night to to, to either prove or disprove that
1: so the one thing that i'll say about that that doesn't smell right to me is michigan's this michigan state team is built largely on a transfer portal so these players transferred in to play for mel tucker the idea of him being gone and them all of a sudden feeling a little bit better doesn't smell right to me so i'm not plugged into it at all i trust dougie way more with that kind of stuff but doesn't quite pass the smell test if you ask me okay all right so speaking let's of, look, the series, the series all-time here, though, Washington does have a 3-1 lead, including last year's win,
0: 39-28. Okay, 39-28, okay. Um, speaking of smelling, do you smell what Michael Penix has been cooking? Because the, pen, holy, the Penix is back. Oh, boy. And it is ready. It is up and standing tall and ready to go. 57 of 78 for 859 yards, eight touchdowns and a pick. It's no secret why the Pac-12 has been so resurgent and the SEC has been dog balls. It's quarterback play. Quarterback play. One hundred percent. He might be the third best quarterback in the Pac-12 behind the reigning Heisman champion and freaking Shadur Sanders. But unbelievable how good they are. Bone X as well. Fifty-six to nineteen over Boise State. Forty-three to ten over Tulsa. The defense has even looked a little bit better. Uh, But boy, this offense can can cook. Um, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see what it looks like going on the road now into a, the, what the shit's a tough environment. Okay. It's a, especially when it's getting a little bit in the evening and those Michigan state fans, which are rowdy to begin with, have even a little bit more booze in their system. Like this, this is a little bit different scenario than Washington's gone into in quite some time.
1: Yeah. Well, we've always talk about Big Ten teams traveling out West and the struggles that, that, you know, historically have had with Big Ten teams traveling West. Does the opposite come in here? Because, I mean, Washington came into Ann Arbor a few years ago and played and didn't play well. Right. Now, that wasn't anywhere near the caliber what this Washington team is, but the point, I think, can still stand. The big question I have, though, is you mentioned that this Washington offense is good. There are wide receivers everywhere. There may be three wide receivers on this Washington team that go in the first two rounds. I mean, Roma Dunze, Jalen Polk, Jalen McMillan, those three guys are all NFL receivers. And I would not be shocked at all to see two of them go in the first round in the NFL draft this year. So the Penix has options, and <laughs> that's scary when the question with Michigan State these past few years has been the secondary. Yes. The secondary has looked better, so it's going to happen. To be really good in this game if they want to pull this upset.
0: The thing is, though, is the I do believe the defense of the secondary is better. It could be better and it can still have issues with this passing attack for how good they are, which is kind of what I'm predicting to see. One thing that I am also predicting to see is Nathan Carter have another good football game. I have a lot of confidence with that dude. I think he's going to continue the rushing attack and he's going to look explosive at times. Noah Kim looks good. I would assume the, that the number one goal of Washington on defense is to get to Noah Kim. Run blitzes, normal blitzes, see what this young quarterback can do against the pressure. I would be shocked if that's not the game plan for Washington. So I think you'll see blitzes early and often. If Noah Kim gets off to a hot start and touches him up, completely different game than what I'm predicting to happen. so that's my early point. if Noah Kim is ready for the moment, we got ourselves a game, and people are going to be turning to watch this,
1: yeah, and I, I agree with that. That's something I wrote down was they need this offense has got to be able to sustain some drives because that Washington offense is so good you can't give them multiple times over and over and over again. So yeah, Nathan Carter lean on it. but You said they're going to come after Noah Kim. You have to be, if you're Michigan State, you have to be expecting that. Let's see some quick game. Let's get some simple stuff. Get the ball out. Let's have a plan for that because that's the way you stay in this game. You need to have the 13, 14 play drives and just work your way down the field
0: because you know Washington wants to hit those quick strikes. Uh, That is the the most probable way or – This just turns into a crazy-ass shootout. It gets all batshit crazy. It it could get batshit crazy. I think there's potential for that. I just don't quite see Noah Kim ready to do that, okay? So, in the end, I've got Washington 44, Michigan State 21. So, that's actually a a Washington cover. uh, And at 65 points, I feel pretty good about this going over, even looked at it as my lock of the week at one point.
1: So yeah, I have Washington (laughs) forty-two and Michigan State twenty-four. So that is a Washington cover, and that is a healthy sixty-six and over. And that is my Amador double barrel lock of the week. The over of sixty-six. There.
0: So I said we would. This was one of them that I looked at. That that I I looked very hard at. Just and partly because I keep taking unders. Like I gotta live. There's gotta be an over eventually, right? It's gotta. All right, next game up the one and one Northern Illinois Huskies at the 0 and 2 Nebraska Corn Hustlers. This is a six o'clock p.m. game on FS1 line. Huskers by 11 and a half over under 43. So Vegas is saying something like a 28 to 17 Huskers victory. Home opener for Nebraska. It feels like they've played half a football season already, and this is their first game in front of their rabid. Hometown team. First time they've played their first home game with an 0-2 record since 1944. I'll be honest Ooh. with you, Jordan. I figured they had never played a home game with an 0-2 record before. I'm surprised it's even happened once. What do we got for the history here?
1: Yeah,
0: so the Huskers lead
1: this series all-time 3-1. and one. Uh, 2019 was the last time they played and where the
0: Huskers won 44-8. to eight. So, All So right. Uh, Huskies out of the MAC, uh, beat Boston College, okay, 27 to 24. That's, a, that's an ACC Power Five team. Turned around and lost to the SIU Salukis, little doggo on doggo crime right there, 17 to 14. Our guy, Dougie's guy, Rocky Lombardi, back. Like, he just can't get enough of the Big Ten. He's, he always... he's
1: still playing football. He's just out there haunting my nightmares from
0: the COVID season. <laughs> just tossing it up for anybody could be his own team could be the other team could be somebody oh, in the stands. Good old the sunshine out he, there. Just loved, he just loves he just loves to toss it down the field 462 yards one touchdown three picks uh that's our guy um jeff sims okay other big thing here he went out of that colorado game with a high ankle sprain we don't know what's going on here at it's trouble
1: time baby come on
0: so is that is that a guess or is that you just having a little fun? That's right just now? me hoping because I want to have, I want to talk about a guy who's named Chubba. I mean, right after you go from Penix to Chubba, I yeah, mean, it just feels the Penix like... has got a Chubba. I mean, I get it. <laughs> uh, the other quarterback would be Heinrich Harburg, um, more of an athlete runner than he is a smooth passer. The The story here is is offense, okay? We know that Nebraska – I am convinced that Nebraska's defense is good. I heard a certain podcast say, hey, is Nebraska's defense as good or better than USC's defense, which kind of made me laugh out loud for Nebraska fans. I think that's a clown take. I think this is a well-coached Tony White defense, okay? So I expect Nebraska's defense to look good all night for their home team. They're not going to lose any juice because they're going to be in front of the home team. The issue is the home team can start feeling the their own angst from their home crowd if the offense isn't going, kind of foreshadowing here, but I am just kind of curious how Nebraska is going to get offense going against a pretty good Northern Illinois defense.
1: Yeah, how quick do we hear the boobirds come out on Nebraska if there's a couple three and outs, you know, and how yep. much does that mess with your psyche? Right. I get it completely, but on that same note, This Nebraska team, like you said, it's their first home game. They need to essentially just wash everything away. Your season starts today. The season is not lost because you're 0-2. Your whole conference plays in front of you. You need to wash everything away and try to start over on the offense. Defense, keep doing what you're doing. Yep. Because you played well enough. The defense played well enough to win that Colorado game last week. Played well enough to win the Minnesota game. So it's not the defense. We need this offense to reset, start over. And Nebraska fans, I'm going to say it here with you, run the damn
0: ball. I agree. And I believe they will run the damn ball because I don't think they have any other option in this game. (laughs) I I, I mean, Sims, like I have a hard time if Sims plays, it's hard to plant and throw, you know, with, with a high ankle sprain. And then my other options throwing the ball aren't ready to throw the ball. So everything to me looks compacted in. I think rule will also say if they get the lead, he'll sit on it. He's not going to risk you know throwing the ball down the field making a mistake so i got nebraska 20 northern illinois 13 so that is a northern illinois cover and at only 33 points that is my amador double barrel lock of the week so i told you i was between two
1: this was the other I told one you, that i was, told you dude this is the other, other one i was toying it. back okay. and forth okay. with so i'd so I have, I have Nebraska 27, and I don't give Northern Illinois that much credit. I give Nebraska's defense more credit, only giving yeah. the, the Huskies 7, so that's 34. I'm with you on the under. I feel pretty confident about it. If I was to take two locks this week, that would be my other one. I feel really good about that under.
0: Moving in a little bit deeper into the evening, the 1-1 one and one Bowling Green Falcons at the 2-0, and o, number two-ranked Michigan Wolverines. This is a 6.30 p.m. game on BTN line. Michigan by 40 and a half over under 53.5 so Vegas saying something like 45 to 6 Wolverines last week we played the game and who's coaching the team this week I thought we'd play switch it up this week's game is and what's khaki pants gonna be doing during the game this week
1: (laughs) well he you know I'm funny on this I hate to, to ruin the mood here but he did he has a radio show every week that he's on Okay, and he did unfortunately spill the beans on what he would be doing this week. And one of his former Stanford players passed away, so he'll be attending oh, a funeral crap. Saturday. Okay. So it does kind of ruin the parade. Yeah, but you all know, right, jeez. Okay, not
0: the fun chain game
1: McDonald's mowing the yard like we got last week. But
0: you know, all right, um, Jordan. Let's move quickly through this. I know it's your squad, yes, dude. Yes, but yes. okay, no, all that's fine. Bowling green, bowling green is terrible. They, they, yes. Connor basilak, formerly of Missouri and Indiana. Peace and good luck to you, my man. Um, I do think Vegas has reacted a little bit to how big these game totals were and the game total has come down a little bit. Maybe that's because they just don't expect Bowling Green to do anything. But the only thing I'm looking for is keeping J.J. McCarthy healthy, maybe getting a little bit more pop out of the rushing attack. Yeah, the the only thing I
1: really will bring up with this game for you, gambling degenerates, is there's a lot of family history with Bowling Green and Michigan. Jack Harbaugh. Went there, coached there, won a national title at Bowling Green. Still have, still is a big donor there. So, And Scott Leffler is the coach there, former Michigan guy. So there's a lot of history in this game. And to steal a line from my buddy here, Greek, me thinks Jim <laughs> may have said that, hey, let's not embarrass these guys. Yep. Yep. So I could see this getting in control kind of like the last two putting it on cruise control the rest of the way and getting out of this game. So I have this game 45 for Michigan, seven for Bowling Green, 52, just barely under,
0: uh, but I don't think the Wolverines cover that 40. That's a lot of points. That's a lot. Yep. And I'm pretty close to it. I got 42 to six Michigan. So that's just a uh, real close cover uh, for uh, Bowling Green. And at 51 points, I got that going just under. Or sorry, forty-eight points. I got that going just under. All right, next game up: the two and zero Syracuse Orange at the one and one Purdue Boilermakers. This is a six thirty p.m. game line. Syracuse by two and a half over under fifty seven point five. Vegas is saying thirty one to twenty eight Boilermakers. This is our fifth game in the Big versus ACC Challenge. This was probably the hardest game for me yes. to to break down when I looked at it.
1: But and it makes sense because the series is all tied up one to one. Syracuse won last year, 32-29. It Boy. just it's the universe has talk. It's it's yeah. this is this game is tough to me. I think very tough. I think Syracuse is good. They've got a good offense. They don't have a great team. Purdue is a team we've seen be good in the stretches, but not great yes. in the stretches there's a whole lot of yin and yang here I don't know how I feel one way or the other you know Syracuse wants to play fast Ryan Walters is defense getting better I'm curious on your thoughts on it because I really yeah. did
0: struggle with this game um I got thoughts I don't know how much weight people should necessarily put in it because because the, there I see a couple different games in here yep, I, I will 100 percent yeah I, I will okay Syracuse absolutely destroying people right 65 to nothing colgate 48 to 7 western michigan as we already talked about before but garrett schrader's good all right he's our quarterback 37 to 54 543 yards five touchdowns to a pick so i do have faith that syracuse kind of right of the ship running back laquint allen wide receivers amari hatcher isaiah jones donovan brown Ronde gatson they have got talent on offense i'm curious though to see what's going to happen defensively. Because here's the deal. I feel like I've seen enough out of Purdue. I I do not have confidence with their D-line. Maybe their whole front seven, maybe their linebackers look bad because I don't have confidence in their D-line. My guess is Purdue is also aware of that. We'll see if, Tony, uh, if Walters uh, uh, can figure that out. But I see points, okay? And I almost for sure see points for Syracuse. I'm going to trust my guy Hudson Card that he'll be dealing and look good in this game because it's going to come down squarely on Hudson Card's shoulders to be able to put points on this on the board and and give Purdue a chance to win this game.
1: Yeah, that's, so we do
0: see it pretty similar because
1: I do – I agree. I think there's going to be points. I think the Syracuse offense, I mean, they got three wide receivers averaging 20-plus yards per catch. I mean, so that tells you there's explosive plays that will be hit out there. And we saw – we've seen this Purdue defense at times be a little yeah, leaky. So, yeah, yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think this is a close game still at the end. Okay. I, yep. I think – I don't I don't see their team running away with this. I don't see a blowout, blowout any way you put it. But I do have Syracuse 31 – Purdue 27. Okay. So I just barely have Syracuse covering and just barely by a half a point over on that total, but I could see I could see another field goal touchdown on either side to push that over even more. I feel a little bit better about the over than I would the under.
0: Okay. I see the same game you're seeing except a little bit more in the fourth quarter for Purdue. I think they're going to come from behind in a underrated home environment at night. And go get the win. In a shootout, Mm -hmm. Purdue 38, Syracuse 35. So at 73 points, I got that going way over. Maybe wouldn't play it because I think there's a chance Purdue could sputter. But if Purdue wins the game, no doubt in my mind, it's going to be in a shootout. So that's what I'm predicting. All right. That brings us to the
1: Big Ten Game of the week
0: going back in time to saturday afternoon getting 56 percent of the vote the 2-0 minnesota golden gophers at the 2-0 number 20 ranked north carolina tar heels this is a 2 30 p.m game on the acc network line tar heels by eight over under 50. So Vegas is saying something like a 28 to 29 Tar Heels victory. This is our sixth and final big versus ACC game to break down. Shout out, Jordan, to my guy Danimal and his wife, Leanne, as they made a whole week of it, brother. They've been in North Carolina since Monday, just taking a nice vacation, checking out breweries, local history, and then they're going to the football contest on Saturday. What, what What's a better slice of America? sounds like a that? damn
1: good vacation to me. I'll, Absolutely. I'll take some of that action. All right, we got some history. But here. This will be historic. First, first okay. matchup ever between these two teams. Uh, as far back as both these universities go, I figured there would have been something. But neither team has played here. So, interesting game because you have some contrasting styles of football, I feel like, that want to be played here. You have North Carolina that likes to score points and – get up and down the field and we all know Minnesota they rely on Joe Rossi's defense and a well balanced offense. Yep. So I think styles make fights is the the best term for this game. I'm very very interested to see which way this game trends because I think how it trends dictates who wins this game. Yes. If the Minnesota defense 100%. can be stingy, then they are head and shoulders a favorite. If they're not and that North Carolina offense gets moving, the Gophers are going to be in a lot of trouble.
0: I could not agree more. You, you pretty much nailed it right there. Um, since it was our a very quickly elected, our, our game of the week, I got some eyes on North Carolina, depanced South Carolina first week of the season. South Carolina is not very good. I don't know what happened to them this year. Uh, and then they snuck it out versus Appy State. That was a great game. I mean, back and forth, Appy State could have won that game. Here's my like thing. To Talk about that team. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> hey, I didn't say it. I was never going to bring that up, man. That was all, that was all <laughs> you, you don't have to. It's burned okay. in my oh, eyes. God. Uh, all right. Okay. We all know about Drake may. Okay. And I'll talk about Drake may dude, running back. O'Marion Hampton. stud. he is a good, like muscular, quick, like power. I, I, I like me
1: some O'Mary and Hampton. I mean, like, two games, he's got forty-two carries, averaging six and a half yards per carry.
0: Yeah, he's please. good. Please <laughs> sign me up for some of that. So, in, in my mind, no offense to Drake May. Okay, the receivers are big, uh, six foot five, Kobe Pacer, six foot two, J.J. Jones. They make splash plays, uh, throw it to them when they're open, type of guys. I don't know if they're necessarily burners okay or or like game breakers i am going to take my chance with them and i'm going to do everything i can to stop that running attack for north carolina i can almost guarantee you that that's what joe rossi is going to do i think they'll be pretty good at it and by the way they got a all-american safety and a potential all big 10 cornerback back there so you know a lot of people think this is a tough matchup for minnesota if things break right maybe it's a good matchup for minnesota because of that i think cody lindenberg their star linebacker is supposed to be back in this game uh i have gone up and down in ebbs and flows with this game that so that's just before we get into minnesota a little bit more that's just some of the stuff i'm looking at for north carolina and how it matches up versus the gophers
1: yeah no i'm i'm with you there the, the the other question is we you know we have to go to the other side of the ball for both teams here yep, so like yep. Those two sides are just all question marks. You know, we know Minnesota traditionally wants to run the ball. And we saw a little bit of that last, last week with the anonymous man, Darius Taylor. Is, is he your (laughs) bell cow now? Is he the guy or is it somebody else? Are we running the The, ball
0: real quick? Boy, did I hear from Minnesota fans chewing my ass because I didn't know who Darius Taylor was. Uh, I, Cause I, I let no, that. Chew, I, chew me out go first, Cause no idea.
1: I'm guilty too. Never heard and,
0: of him. And, and truth be told, I'm just not a recruiting beatnik. Okay. Like I, when I hear a 17 year old that he, he, he committed, you know what? I'll just believe it when I actually see you on the roster. And then I'll believe it again when you're still on the roster. So, so go for fans, that's my take. So, I know he's a four-star running back, and and he did look good, and it's a good thing he looked good. Sean Tyler looks good at times, but he was coughing up the pill like he was allergic to it last week. Does not make me feel good. Peach wants nothing to do. Most coaches don't. The ball is the program type of stuff, so I don't know who I trust in the backfield. Like right now, it's it's Darius Taylor, a true freshman. Going on the road to play, you know, a ranked opponent with an attacking defense makes me feel a, a little bit skittish on here. So that makes me think that you probably need to put more of the game plan on Ethan kallik Manis and those receivers. I like Ethan. I do think North Carolina vacates the the zones a lot because they send linebackers. So does that open it up for Kalik Manis to run? He's a better runner than people realize. Does it open it up for Kalik Manis on the RPOs to hit stuff behind him? If they're going to win this game, they're going to need points on the board. The points have got to from gotta come from Calic Manis. We might know pretty early in this game. That's that's what the the story of this game and how it goes is gonna be to me.
1: Yep, I'm with you there. And I do I I see him making a play in this game where yes. everybody goes, okay. There he is. That's the guy. That's what we thought we had. That throw, that play, that run, whatever. Some form of play I see him making late in this game that kind of separates it a little bit for me. I'm maybe leaning a little bit of where I'm going. Interesting. Okay. Well, you go ahead then. I have Minnesota 27. Ooh. No- North Carolina 21. Wow. Gophers going on the road, straight up, getting a win. 48's an under because Minnesota defense has got to be an under and a win, right? So if you want to give me eight points, Vegas, I'm gonna take all eight of them and I'm gonna laugh my way to the bank. I think the gophers get it done
0: straight up. This is my shock face. Now that I I've, we we have been very similar all through it, but not this the game I'm seeing here. I joked before that that you know sound you hear is people falling out of their chairs laughing or whatever. That this sound you hear just now was Gopher fans jumping off any bandwagon that I had on to yours because I don't see the same game here. I've got faith with Joe Rossi, okay? I do. I think he'll keep this game close for quite some time. But in the end, I think this Minnesota offense is still too much of a work in progress. They're shuffling around the offensive line i i need to see a better pass protection versus this attacking north carolina defense it's a better defense than what you you maybe people think that it is so i've got north carolina 28 minnesota 14 so that's a north carolina cover and at 42 points i have it going under so i guess a little bit of a weird deal where i have it under trending under but yet north carolina wins but i i do hear what you're saying there I just, I, I have, I
1: have, I got burned by Joe Rossi earlier this year. And I'm going to, okay. I'm going to ride that You're trade. Ride I it think out. that defense, and I'll be honest with you. What I've watched of Drake May this year has been a little, man, it hasn't meh. been, it hasn't been that elite, no top three pick quarterback that we've seen in previous years. And I'm, I'm starting to wonder. If he doesn't
0: have those NFL receivers out there, is
1: he Correct. maybe not the guy that we thought he was? We'll see. And
0: and a one and and I tell you what, I agree with that. That is a great extra point to give there. Along with Minnesota's pass rush has come alive a little bit. So if that can be something that you know develops in this game where they can get at Drake May, I think he's willing to throw some up to the, to those talented defensive backs, Newbin and uh, Wally. All right, man. We went further than we said we would go. Uh, I felt like we, went <laughs> oh, of course, pretty, we did. I felt like we went pretty quick there, but you know, a little over an hour here, but not not so bad. We could have been worse, I guess. Uh, you got anything to add, big man?
1: No, I I don't think so. I'm, I'm excited for another good week, and then oh, yeah. we start to really get into the meat and potatoes here in the few coming weeks. So these are kind of some last tune up games, some more tests, yep. and then we get into a little bit more big on big action coming up soon.
0: And you know what. You are a true college football fan with your take with that. You're not complaining about, oh, uh, it's not that great of a weekend of college football. We're three weeks in. We're, we're three weeks removed from not even having the sport to watch. Shut up, people that are complaining about this. Oh, it's not a great weekend. And oh, by the way, typically when that happens, there's upsets galore. And it winds up being one of the most I don't, fun I don't usually of- like to
1: give this guy a ton of credit, but Josh Pate calls them casuals if you think that this week isn't good football you're a casual there's always good football to be watched and if you can't find a game that you are super interested in gamble on something that makes it even more interesting it makes everything fun i am jeffrey Greek. i am jordan and don't forget to ask for amador
0: this has been the eyes on big podcast
1: we'll talk to you soon